0: Views and opinions expressed on this program are those solely of its speakers and do not necessarily reflect the views and opinions of WMUA, its Management Board, or the Board of Trustees of the University of Massachusetts. This is Unbeaten. Thanks for tuning in. Great to have you listening. Live from Amherst, Massachusetts, in the basement of the Murray D. Lincoln Campus Center, broadcasting on WMUA 91.1 FM and online streaming. Today is Thursday, May 10th. We have a great topic today, so let's get things started. Thank you, everybody, for joining me on this fine Thursday morning. It is 11 o'clock, like I said, May 10th. Uh, the official last show. I think two shows ago, I might have said it was the last show. And uh, but this is this is the end of spring programming right here. This is officially the last unbeaten episode. Fun fact: I'm pre-recording this show on May 1st because today is the day that I leave campus. I will be going back home to Plymouth, Massachusetts. And I will not be able to be here on the 10th for uh, recording. I won't be able to record it live. So, unfortunately, we won't really be able to cover any current sports events on this show due to the fact that nothing, literally nothing will be relevant that I talk about in 10 days. If I go over, you know, the playoffs, it's just going to be like around late, (laughs) and nobody's going to want to listen to that, Uh, so I think I've done this before when I think I had to pre-record for spring break, because I didn't want to do the same thing, where it would be like irrelevant recording 7 to 10 days early, Uh, so what I did for that episode was, I went on Yahoo, and went to the Yahoo Sports section uh, there's a ton, tons of questions, it's pretty much a forum, we could probably do Reddit today honestly, just some online forum with some interesting sports questions to get everyone thinking and I'll sort of give you my take on them and hopefully I'll have an interesting take and that will be the show for today, This that'll be the last show and uh, that's about all there is to it. So without further ado, we will jump right into the first question, here it is. Alright, actually, so I take that back. Before we start, I'm just going to say we're going to make this episode fun. Usually this show can, you know, get pretty dry. I'm pretty uh, monotone for all of you that uh, know. But, uh, no, I feel like usually I try to make the show a little more on the formal side just because uh, that's just kind of who I am. I like to, you know, make things professional, especially where this is sort of on the the main uh, FM stream. Uh, I keep it pretty, pretty standard. But we'll try to have a little fun with the show, uh, so the questions I'll choose won't necessarily have to, you know, just be like analyzing the NBA or, uh, you know, who's the best hitter in the MLB, so we'll have some fun with it. Uh, the first question is, many people spend hours uh, f- hours fishing, what is fun about it? Why do people spend so many hours fishing? Okay, so I'm not really a big fisher, um, what I do know is the, mat- the most I've ever spent fishing is like probably an hour, I don't know about any of you guys... Um, it's one of those things like after an hour, if you certainly if you haven't like caught anything, it's just a little like okay, I think I'm done with that. Um, also, fishing probably one of the most stressful things, one of the most stressful sports. Not stressful, excuse me. Um, yeah, I guess we can say stressful. It for most people it is relaxing, but if you don't know what you're doing, like me, uh, then things are getting tangled and it's hard to unhook fish and. A lot of complications if you're not that well-educated on the subject. Um, but yeah, me, no longer than an hour. What's fun about it, I don't know, that you catch a fish, that you catch another animal. I don't, I don't think most people really, like, hunt, so maybe it's, like, the thrill of, like, catching another animal, maybe. Uh, but, you know, usually I don't catch anything, so it's not really that fun. Okay, next question. Next question, a little more dry, but pretty simple. Uh, Which current playoffs have been more exciting to watch uh, overall, NBA or NHL? Uh, I will say this. uh, NHL playoffs are generally more exciting. Uh, That is, I don't want to say it's objective because obviously that's my opinion, but I think most people will agree with me uh, that the NHL playoffs are unlike no other. Um, Sort of like baseball, honestly, too. Baseball playoffs are like, very different from the regular season. It's like it attracts a lot more fans and something's just like there's a different atmosphere with it. Same about hockey. Like, I I know like a lot of people that don't watch hockey in the regular season get really into the playoffs. Um, Whereas like the NBA is more of like the playoffs seem less special because, you know, it's probably equally as followed during the regular season, if that makes any sense. Um, You know, I don't think... Also, the NBA is very predictable. The NBA playoffs are very predictable. Last three years, it's been Warriors-Cavs um and even even in the rounds before that you can kind of predict who's going to win and what's going on NHL uh playoffs can be it's a toss up i think it's more luck i think we talked about this last episode hockey has more luck involved so maybe a lower seed can you know make a, f- a further push i know we saw the predators like a year or two ago maybe it was only a year ago i think last right the predators were in the Stanley Cup final as like a like one of the lowest seeds uh, last year. So that's, in general, this year. And overall, I would say the NHL playoffs are more exciting. So that's my take on that. Next question, what are the economic effects of the Olympic Games? Wow, that sounds incredibly boring, but I think I can touch upon this. Um, I know that most cities that end up hosting the Olympics end up going like not bankrupt, but they end up losing a lot of money, and then the stadiums and the complexes they build end up uh, becoming vacant. Is that the right word? Uh, they become like abandoned usually, and that's just like really seems really counterproductive after you know the billions you've spent on trying to host an event that lasts two weeks. I know in Brazil, like uh, there's a really large uh, what do you call it? a large population that lives in poverty, a lot of homeless people, and then um, you have these, like, athlete villages that they built that are just, like, abandoned that, like, people like these these homeless people could be living in, but they can't because it's just, like, you know, the conditions are too poor or whatnot or the building's condemned, something like that. Um, and that was in Rio, uh, because Rio hosted in 2016, I think. So, I know it's not really, most cities, it's something they, you know, and they they always, they always, they never can keep promises either. Like, Rio promised to, like, you know, fix their, fix their river for, like, the rap, the river rapid event or whatever, the, the kayaking event, because their river's, like, dangerously polluted. But they never ended up fixing that, so uh, they usually make promises they can't keep. And they end up losing lots of money in the long run, so not the smartest idea to host the Olympics. I can see why Boston pulled out of 2024 a couple years ago. Makes, makes some sense now. Alright, next question. Do you have to be strong to do boxing? To box. Do you have to be strong to box? Um, that I don't really know. I've never trained uh, for boxing, but what I do know is that a lot of boxers are obviously. There's there. I think it's it's a lot of lean muscle. They're they're very quick. I know I know speed has a lot to do with boxing. Speed and endurance. I'm sure strength does too, but um, I don't think you have to be strong, like overly strong, to box. I mean, you see, most guys are like. Floyd Mayweather's like five six. Pacquiao's like not too far from that either. They're they're pretty short, honestly. Not to say that that doesn't mean they can't be strong, but like they don't. It's not like they weigh a lot either. These guys probably weigh like you know they they drop down to as low as like one fifty. Uh, you know, at at their height too, it makes them kind of small guys. But it's lean, quick muscle. Uh, a lot of you know quick motions involved. So. I don't think you have to be, like, jacked if that's the question. I think it's just a lot of uh, just coordination, athleticism, skill. I don't know. Next question. What are the best places to ski in the Northeast? That's a good question. Um, I ski maybe two or three times, maybe four times a year, uh, usually going up to Aditash, Bretton Woods, um and usually Watch because it's close. Watch Uh probably not the def- definitely not the best place to ski in the northeast. Northeast I would say J Peak Sugarloaf Um Sunday River I'm definitely missing like one other Oh Mount Snow. I would say those uh up, those are up there in terms of best places to ski in the northeast. Um o- Okima, is that how you pronounce it? I think Okima is somewhere in the northeast too. Uh, another good mountain to ski. I actually snowboard, but um that's a it's a good sport to get into. It's really expensive, unfortunately. Um sort of drains the bank account, but it's it's nice to get out and ski maybe a few times a year. Okay, next question are martial arts considered positive I don't really know what they mean by positive but it says underneath it are some kind some kinds of martial arts are considered most popular for their positivity is the emotion in it good for people I mean sport in general just moving your body is a good thing for you I know doing exercise what releases serotonin um, martial arts considered positive I know. There's a lot of, like, there's a big push now to, they want kids and, uh, I guess, women specifically to, and even men, I guess, uh, to take self-defense classes. So, I mean, that's, I guess, that's always a positive thing, protecting yourself. Um, martial arts, I don't know. I mean, I do know there's the whole brain damage thing related with boxing and some of the other uh martial arts sports so I mean um, that's probably not too good for your brain um, in the long run I mean as long as you're not taking repetitive hits to the head I'm gonna guess it's probably the exercise is good for you but I mean you look at guys like Muhammad Ali who you know just developed all those complications from the blows to the head all those years and some other uh, boxers have been found with CTE and other brain injuries that are definitely not good for you. So with that being said, next question. How do you get better at shooting a basketball? Uh, I don't know if I'm the right person to ask for this, but uh, I would just say shooting a basketball, focusing on, you know, keeping, just making the shot consistent, focusing on making sure your hand placement is the same and your uh, release and the point at which you release the ball is all the same each time because the idea is that you don't have a different shot every time you you go to shoot the basketball. You want to always be in the same, the same s- slot, I guess. I don't know. Um, make sure your timing, your jump is all on point. I don't know. I'm a bad person to ask for this. Uh, next question. Next question: uh, Will Baker Mayfield? What does it say? Okay, will Baker Mayfield finally end the Browns' QB struggles? This is interesting because I just saw an alert today on my phone through the ESPN app that said the Patriots were potentially looking to trade up for Baker Mayfield, which I find very, I, that's really surprising to me because he doesn't seem like a guy Belichick would draft. You know, Belichick seems like he would go for more the consistent. More of a consistent player, which I guess Baker Mayfield was fairly consistent in college. I think it just he just comes off as sort of the flashy, we could say Johnny Manziel type quarterback that that sort of breed. And he's also he's also pretty mobile in the pocket, which you wouldn't think is something Belichick would want. Um, but I mean, Belichick and Brady are almost you know that's we're getting we're definitely getting close to the end. Even this off season, it was sort of things were up in the air about who who's going to return and who wasn't. But um, staying on topic here, uh, will Baker Mayfield fix the Browns' struggles? I think if if this sounds weird, but like if Belichick was considering trading up for Baker, then he definitely sees something in Mayfield that maybe I don't, or a lot of other people don't that sort of doubt him. So I honestly, I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and say yes, Baker Mayfield. I think the Browns have finally struck gold with their QB struggle. And, man, has that struggle been just ridiculous. So many uh, just busts at the quarterback position, whether it's like a first-rounder, bench player, whatever. It just hasn't, yeah, it clearly has not worked out for them. Baker Mayfield, I am going to say he will be the fix. And he will probably, I'm going to go ahead and say he'll have probably a really good rookie season. And... Yeah. I know that's a very brave prediction of me. (laughs) Uh, Not really. Okay. With that being said, we're going to take a quick break. We're about halfway through the show. So stay tuned to WMUA 91.1 FM, and we'll be right back after this. This is WMUA Sports. UMass Men and Women Basketball at WMUA is supported by listeners like you and by Collective Copies, a worker-owned print shop with a mission. Printing, publishing, and promotion, 11 worker owners who share over 150 years of experience in the print industry are there to help you at every step. Collective Copies in Amherst and Florence and online 24-7 at collectivecopies.com. Welcome back, everybody, into the studio, WMUA 91.1 FM. This is the Unbeaten Show. I'm your host, Ryan Beaton. This is our last show of the semester of the year. Um, Because we are pre-recording this multiple days beforehand, uh, there will be no UMass sports headlines. uh, And I'm pretty sure if we were doing this show live anyway, most of the spring sports would probably be wrapped up, I'm going to say. They'd probably be... Uh, The seasons would probably be over, so this works out well anyway. So we're gonna do we're gonna do exactly what we did in the first half on the second half of the show, which is we're just going through uh, some online forums, looking at some sports questions, and I'm gonna I'm giving my best take on them, and hopefully you find these takes interesting and not terribly repetitive, Um, because sports radio can sometimes get repetitive. I feel like, but that's okay, because Trying to mix things up here on unbeaten. So, moving on, getting on to the next question. New, the new Bills quarterback and young NFL draft pick Josh Allen apologized for racist comments he made at age 12 that people found on Twitter. Why won't people leave him alone? Uh, I don't know if that's the right question. I think uh, I don't even know if there's a question here to really answer. I think I'll just give you my opinion on this. Um, so Josh Allen, who, if any of you are big, pardon my take, shout up, pardon my take. Um, if any of you are big listeners of that podcast, they did a, a pretty funny job of promoting him uh, this offseason and the Bills ended up drafting him uh, pretty early in the draft, which is pretty cool. Uh, he's, I, I think he's going to be a, a really talented pocket passer. He's uh, really large in stature and uh, has a really strong arm. But getting uh, back to the uh, original thing we were talking about, um, I think what they found t- some just weird things he wrote on Twitter like like 10 years ago when he was, like, 12. Um, my opinion on that is I don't think you can really hold – I mean, obviously he, he's somewhat accountable. But when you're 12, it seems a little much to – make, you know, to, to, to like, I guess, scold him, you know, I mean, you do stupid things when you're young, and obviously that, that's a, this is a learning experience for him, that he should have, you know, made sure that those tweets weren't available to him right before the draft, I mean, clearly it didn't, I don't think it lowered his stock that much, I don't think he was gonna go first anyway, it was probably gonna be, um, Not, I think it was either going to be Mayfield or Rosen or the other guy, I forget his name. Um, But, yeah, I think at age 12, comments you make, I think it's a little much, why won't people leave him alone? Uh, Probably because it's still problematic. I mean, you can't, it's not, never a good look to say bad things on the internet about other people. Um, And a lot of people sometimes get upset over comments like that so rightfully so all right moving on to the next question does johnny Manziel deserve a second chance this is a very basic question we are not spending a lot of time on this i only chose to answer this question because it fits nicely in with what i just said about josh allen everybody deserves a second chance and so does johnny Manziel. uh hopefully he makes somewhat of a decent comeback everybody likes the comeback story okay that's all i have to say about that moving on to the next question I guess sticking with college quarterbacks, will teams regret not drafting Josh Al... Uh, excuse me, Lamar Jackson. Will teams not regret drafting Lamar Jackson? Uh, it's hard to say because he was... what He he won the Heisman like two years ago and then stayed in college football and then ended up dropping to the last pick. The overall... 30, 32 overall last pick in the first round. Um... I know a lot of Patriots fans wanted uh, Bill to draft him. Obviously, it's not really a not really a Bill pick to make, um, but also the report came out that Bill wanted to trade up for Mayfield, so that is a little strange. But um, it depends. I don't know. I don't really see Lamar Jackson being like an overly talented. Quarterback in the NFL, I just don't think the type of the type of quarterback he is has been proven to not really be too successful in the National Football League. Maybe if he tran- uh, moves over to wide receiver, like a sl- slot receiver, possibly, uh, maybe teams will regret not drafting him. But I think thirty-two is a pretty good. Sp- I think it's the perfect spot for him. Like he couldn't have been drafted any better, really. I think he, he didn't deserve to go in the second round but he certainly didn't deserve to go before any of the other quarterbacks that were drafted, I don't think, um, in terms of his skill level or his expected skill level, because I don't think his ceiling is very high, but that's just my take on that. Um, Next question. Switching to soccer, is Real Madrid the best club um, in football history? I believe that's the question. Um, Best club in football history? Yeah. Uh I think so. I'm very biased. They're pretty much the only soccer team I follow, but in terms of I think I don't know if they're still valued at the highest like sports team in the world. I think they were valued at like s- something crazy, just like a billion or like multi-billion dollars. Um they were number 1 on Forbes list, I think not not too long ago. I don't know if they still are. But uh especially recently, and you know with Ronaldo with them all these years, and he's already, I think broken most a uh, good amount of their club records, they just have so many versatile skilled players, and they've they've had a lot of success in the recent years. Um, right now, they're obvious they're easily the best, and there's not really a lot of teams that have challenged them in the UEFA. Uh, tournament, or whatever they call that, the UEFA Cup every year. Uh, So, yeah, I don't really follow soccer that much, but I'm going to go ahead and say Real Madrid's like, I won't say they're the best in history, because I don't know enough about the history of soccer, but they're 100% the gold standard in football, uh, soccer, European soccer, right now. Next question. (laughs) This is kind of a funny one. Our baseball card company employees potentially able to uh, beat each other at getting the good cards with some cards these days being very valuable would it be possible that the employees or friends of the employees have insider information that would allow them to know which box at which store etc is going to have the high value uh (laughs) rookie cards that people are looking for that is a good question because those can get uh like, those, those rack up a lot of value after, you know, after for many years to come, you see, like, Mickey Mantle and, like, Babe Ruth, like, rookie cards go for, like, m- like thousands, like, thousands of dollars, like, for a piece of paper, like a card, like a, a baseball card. So that's a really good question. Like, I wonder if some of the employees at, like, these, like, tops and uh, upper deck, like, I think tops is pretty much the gold standard of... Uh, trading card uh, the trading card industry at least for baseball and um, yeah it makes me wonder if like the employees actually have access to like whatever cards they want or if they know like where the better cards are being sent that's a interesting question I don't know the answer to it but I think it's I think it's interesting I would say that the like higher ups probably the management probably has access to like cards that they want I'm going to guess like the you know, like, the regular, you know, nine-to-fivers probably don't. Um, and then, I would also say that they probably don't know, like, where... I would say the the cards are probably randomly sorted into packs, so they probably have no idea where, like, better cards are going. That's just my, like, take on it. I'm pretty sure that's pretty accurate as well, too. Like, there's no way that they, like, know, like, oh, yeah, the we send the better cards to Florida. Like, I don't think so. I think it's pretty it's probably as randomized as possible um but yeah i remember as a kid i used to be pretty into the trading cards my or the baseball cards my dad would you know like constantly be getting us cards and you know gets pretty addicting but yeah i mean i should look through some of my old ones because i know i mean it's still probably too soon cuz all my cards are probably from like 2008 2009 that's still probably that's only like 10 years i mean maybe some of those rookie cards are Somewhat valuable, but I think you gotta wait till like a lot of the cards start disappearing. Like if you wait like like eighty years, I'm sure like a lot of the cards have probably gotten destroyed or wrecked and are not in like mint condition. And then, you know, then it becomes like more valuable too. Also, also just because of how old it is, and you know, a player that played you know a long time ago that's really successful is you know that's just worth a lot. That's just how it is. That's why the Babe Ruth and Mickey Mantle cards go for so much. So, interesting question. Next one. We don't have a whole lot of time. We probably have time for maybe one more question. And that is, why does a swimmer need power? I think that's kind of the opposite of the, or no, it's kind of similar to the boxing question that might have been like our first, one of our first questions. Uh, Why does a boxer need power? Or does a boxer need power? And this question is, why does a swimmer need power? Also, not another sport I'm too educated on, but swimming, I'm just... Based on my experience, it's. I think it's all power. I mean, it's constantly just ripping through the water. Like uh, it's just all resistance. So I'm gonna guess you're gonna your muscles are gonna need to be strong to, you know, resist the water's natural pull or whatnot. I mean, you look at swimmers like Phelps and um, Lochte. They just look like farm boys strong. They're like big. Just like not only are they ripped, but they're just like they're big guys i mean they're skinny but they're like swimmers are usually like wicked tall i think they're like six usually like six three and over six four um so i mean i'm just gonna guess also with natural height and probably comes strength to a certain uh extent and they all look incredibly athletic so i think swimming's probably one of the harder sports to compete in uh it just looks like one of those sports. I mean, it, it's not very popular because it's boring. It's just back-and-forth laps in a pool. But I, I will give them credit. They do they do sort of, like, blow up in the Olympics. They become very popular. I don't know if Michael Phelps sort of created that or whether it's just an exciting, you know, sport to watch for, like, two weeks and then everybody, nobody cares about it. But uh, it is, I would say it's probably top three most-watched summer uh like events in the Olympics that I think uh, it seems to get a lot of views and a lot of media attention. So that's all the time we have uh, shows about over show is over for, for good for the foreseeable future. So it's, it's been so nice uh, getting to be on the air this year. I want to thank Mike and Alex and everybody at WMUA for giving me this opportunity. And uh, I look forward to, you know, having a little bit more responsibility next year. You guys will be hearing a lot of more of me and uh that being said, just thanks to the thanks to everybody listening, uh, have a great summer, everybody. Uh, this has been unbeaten on WMUA ninety one point one FM.